0: I brought a message titled, Are You Desperate? This week, my message is titled, Are You Desperate 2.0? Yes, yes. <laughs> I started with, that. you know, on the early part of the week, I'm, I'm already seeking the Lord for what's next. I do not know what I'm going to preach this sun, coming Sunday just so you know that. Right now, as I stand in front of you, I have no idea. That's up to the Lord. I give him that opportunity. But, but I started out the week thinking, well, you know, I'm, whatever, Lord, whatever you want. And I, that message last week was taken from two Old Testament heroes of the faith, Noah and Elisha. And as I began to seek the Lord during the week for today's message, I thought I might move on to another subject. But while in prayer, God said, you're not done. Building their faith, he spoke into my spirit. It was was not an audible voice, just so you know. You're not done. And my mind immediately went to, what is an all-time favorite movie for me where a voice from heaven says, if you build it, he will come. And um, but only the Lord, when he was speaking to me, he said, if you build their faith, they'll take territory for my kingdom. So I want to build your faith today. So my hope is that this message will inspire you. Whatever mountain stands before you, that you'll come at it from a a newfound faith. Some of you need some newfound faith. You need some new energy in Christ Jesus. And I remind you, as from last week's message, that this is not going to happen by doing things the same old way. If you want to see a change in your circumstance, you cannot keep approaching your circumstance the same old way. And here's the deal. You could pretty well name any Bible hero, people that you think of as a hero in the faith... And invariably, I can point you toward that moment when their faith blew up. And that's kind of my shot at the youth, you all's vernacular, you know, when they say it blew up. And often those moments came at a point of desperation. They were desperate. Desperate. For God to move, desperate for God to do something. How many in this place are desperate to see God do something in your life? Thank you, thank you. I'm expecting you to stay with me then in this message today. I want to hear a lot of preach it, Pastor. That's the word. So we start off this way. Doesn't sound like doing something, because the title is, and you have it in your notes, Just Wait. That's where we start. Just Wait. And where we take this from is from Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. What you may not know is that this was the 10th day of waiting. They had gone to that upper room 10 days earlier. and Now they're on the 10th day. It's important that they wait, and it's important that they wait together. It's important to wait, and for them it was important that they wait together. I'm talking about in unity. They were all together in one place. Yeah, they had accord. They were together in one accord, the King James would say. It is wisdom wisdom, to listen to and obey the words of Jesus. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is wisdom and to listen to, it's not enough to hear the words of the Lord. You gotta walk in them, you gotta believe them, you gotta obey them. Proverbs 8, verse 35 puts it this way. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. Whoever finds me, finds life and receives favor from the Lord. You need to wait on the Lord. You're praying for his favor. In Luke 24, 49, they were listening. They were listening to what Jesus told them to do. They were walking in obedience because Jesus said this to, to them, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just to As My father promised But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven What did Jesus say he said wait look at your neighbor right now say you got to wait (laughs) You got a promise you're looking at wait for it Wait on him Now his disciples did as he recommended, and consequently they received his favor and blessing. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. How did they receive it? Because they did what he asked them to do. Some of you want to receive from the Lord, but you don't want to do what he wants you to do. You're not going to receive from the Lord if you're not going to do what he wants you to do. Pastor Mackay said it a moment ago, if you don't plant seed, you can't expect a harvest. Are you talking about finances right now? I'm talking about anything in the kingdom of God. If you're not going to sow seed to it, you can't expect to get the fruit of it. If you don't plant seed, nothing grows. Come on, it's going to happen. Here in a few months, if you don't plant some seed, you're not going to have those tomatoes you want. Some of you right now are thinking about it. I know what, some of you are good gardeners. You're already thinking, what do I got to do? Uh-huh. You're thinking about the variety of tomatoes you want to have. Maybe some of, some of you, how many of you like peppers? You like hot peppers. Come on, lift your hands. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yes. Yeah, see, there's a few of you. And so you're thinking about them. So you're planting the seed. You're thinking right now, I got to put those seed in a little tiny pot somewhere near a window inside my house. And they'll start sprouting. If you don't plant the seed... You're not going to have the fruit of the seed. Some of you need to plant some more seed in the process. You're waiting on God. You're expecting God's favor. You're expecting God God to break through for you. I wonder how many blessings we miss because of a lack of willingness to listen to the Lord. Fact is, I wonder on this occasion how many disciples never received because they, they refused to even go to the upper room. So there's the ones that didn't even go to the upper room, and there'll be some that I suspect, highly suspect, left before Holy Spirit came in. You do know there were 500 people that saw Jesus after his resurrection. 500 disciples of the lord saw him after his resurrection there were only 120 in that upper room wonder if they started off with 150 somebody showed up one day and said hey hey you got to get home we've got we got two of your lambs man they're they're suffering they died it must be a plague you better come home and fix this what if they left on day nine They missed the promise of the Lord. These disciples in that upper room, they were patient in waiting. Patient in waiting. I wonder how many disciples left that room for lack of patience. I've cried out long enough. On day six, they're tired. They're getting irritated. You get around people. You stay in the same room with 120 people for Come on. This is real life. Brother over there, he's eating too much garlic, man. He stinks. Yeah, who knows if they were, I mean, they didn't really shower like we shower. I mean, y'all do every day, some of you twice a day. But they weren't doing that stuff. They didn't have that stuff. You can keep putting perfume on that, but it still stinks. <laughs> yes, sir. They're getting tired. After 10 days, they're, they're, they're not patiently waiting. Some of them got tired and left. These are real people. This is real life. This is a real world circumstance. Everybody wasn't happy to wait 10 days. They all heard the word, but they're just like us. We may hear the word, but acting on it's something else entirely. They weren't, they weren't ready for that, and some of them missed it, but the 120 of them didn't miss it. They, they were patient in waiting, and do you know that waiting on God has dividends? Say, "Thank the Lord for dividends." <laughs> it has dividends. Look what, look what happens. This is Acts chapter two now, verses two through four. Suddenly <laughs> How many of you know after 10 days, ain't nothing suddenly? That means, though, it just means that without expecting anything at that moment, suddenly it happens. After 10 days, you're thinking, well, we've done it all. I've cried. I've danced. I've shouted. I've been on my knees till they hurt. I've laid on my back. I've laid on my stomach. I've, you know, I fasted some meals during that 10 days. But suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone. Present was filled. I'm pausing for effect. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Have you ever been someplace but not present? Pull your cell phone out for me for a second. You ever been someplace but not present? Yes. Show me your cell phone. You ever been someplace but not present? How many of you have ever sat talking to somebody? You know what I'm doing right now, right? It just buzzed. Your pocket just, and you're thinking, okay. We try to call it multitasking. And yeah, Rich just said it. You're thinking you're multitasking. No, you're not paying attention to the person that's in the room with you. You're present, but not present. You're there, but not actually present. You're distracted. They were not just in the place, but they were waiting with intent. It's safe to say that after 10 days, they were desperate. Yeah, you get desperate after you've sought God. And you know, on day five, don't you think you're getting desperate? Any of you that went through our 21 days of prayer and fasting, you get desperate after about five days, right? You start thinking differently. And, and, and I'm certain that they were desperate at that point. You don't do something 10 days straight without some element of desperation. Surely they were desperate for an outpouring of God. I wonder if we, as the people of God, are desperate enough to bring down heaven. Really? Come on. Uh, yeah, Pastor Tina, she, she made this statement in the early service. We did it because we did it last week in the second service. We didn't do it this morning in this second service, but she was talking about prayer. And are people hungry enough to actually come out, show up, get up for prayer? We have 6 a.m. call in prayer. You don't even have to leave your house, you can be in your old PJs, holes in the knees. We won't know. But are you desperate enough to get on the phone and say, I'm ready to get with God. I want to get with God and some other people that want to get with God because I'm believing God to do something He's never done in my life before. So they were waiting. Do you know that there are some things you get in God that only come as a result of waiting? I wonder how many things we've accepted as this is God doing what God's going to do when we were premature in our acceptance because God had something greater for us, but we accepted second best. We shortchanged ourselves. We didn't want to wait. How many of you know some things in life are best when you wait on them? I know you young people don't know what I'm talking about but you'll know How many of people how many in this place love cooking? Have any of you have any of you that love cooking ever marinated something 24 hours? Yeah. Cuz if you marinate that thing whatever it is, roast chicken, doesn't matter. You marinate it for 24 hours, you're going to have the taste in the middle of the meat, not just the outside like most of us. We'll season stuff all up trying to get it to have that flavor. But uh, unless you do like, man, I met with uh, one sister, one of you Puerto Rican sisters. In fact, she didn't even speak English. And so her son-in-law had to translate for me And because I asked her. I had her turkey, and I thought, this is the best turkey I have ever eaten. And you know what she did? She took, the, she took the garlic. She didn't take the little, you know, she didn't cheat buying those little crumbs of garlic that's fresh. She took real garlic, and she got a mortar and pestle. If you don't know what that is, you ain't Puerto Rican. And, and she ground that stuff up, and then she put in some sazon, and then she put in about a half a stick of butter. And then she put in some adobo. <laughs> and and she just, she's grinding it. She's staying with it. And I'm not talking about she took a little time. It wasn't two or three. Per- nope, nope. I mean, she was on it. She was pushing it. And she didn't stop there. She did this, folks. This is going to grow some of you out because you wouldn't do it because you can't do it. But she put on a rubber glove. She got us big old bunch of that stuff and she lifted the skin and she slid her hand all the way up inside that turkey till her hand was in the back of the breast. Down around the legs, having to go in there and get get it all inside there. Because we want that flavor in the depths of the food that we're going to eat. And you don't get that if you're not willing to wait on the process. You've got to walk through the process till you get an end product that you will enjoy to the very end. Because I can tell you there are some of you here that you want that one piece of turkey that's on the outside where all the good seasoning is. Yes. <laughs> I made a roast yesterday. I marinated it overnight, and I cooked it all day long. By the time I got to eat that roast last night, all I had to do was take a fork because there was a big old bone in it. Put that fork on, and it fell right off the bone some things you get in god only come as a result of waiting you want god's best but you're not willing to wait for god's best sometimes you need to learn how to wait but other times you also got to add to it prayer so just wait and just pray that's your key peter and john get in trouble in this case because they're preaching jesus (laughs) preaching Jesus. Look at what Acts chapter 4 verse 2 says. So this is after Pentecost. And just the backdrop, I'll, I'll get to the backdrop. Well, let's read what, what happens in, in Acts 4 verse 2. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. Now let me give you the backdrop. The backdrop to their arrest was the healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful. Right? Most of you know that. You remember the story. It's in Acts chapter 3. They, the, this is the backdrop to what happens with these guys. Flowing, let me say it this way. Flowing in the miraculous will open doors for you to preach Jesus. Hmm. Maybe I need to say that Lord, because it sounded like three of them got it, but not the other nine, 197 of them. Flowing in the miraculous will open doors for you that you're not going to get open any other way. You'll have an opportunity to preach Jesus. I want to flow in the ra- or in miraculous enough so that people in the world will say, what you got, dude? I need some of it. And so what they did with these disciples is that they demanded that these men not teach about the resurrection of the dead. That's what these leaders did. They were Sadducees. The high priest himself was a Sadducee. Now you may not know all this about the Bible and this sort of stuff, but Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection. They also didn't believe in angels. And and so they, they had a problem with this preaching. Because Peter and John are saying now, uh, you know how this healing came? Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. They had a problem with this resurrection thing because it meant that they would have to admit that Jesus was resurrected. That was their problem. What could they say though? Right? Why? Why do I say that? What could they say? Because standing right beside them is all the clout they needed to preach what they wanted to preach. Here's the lame man that every one of those Sadducees had walked by for 38 or more years. Come on. He was there every time they came to the temple. And now he's standing there looking at them. What you gonna say now, Mr. High Priest? Tell me about my preaching. I can't talk about Jesus. Jesus is the reason this guy's standing here right now. You're going to put him down? You're going to take away what happened in his life? I think you can see with your own eyes the ignorance of that idea. Clout standing right there beside him. I wonder if we, we need some more clout in our relationship with God, in our preaching, if you will. We're going to talk a big talk. We better start walking this walk. None of those Sadducees or Pharisees, high priests, didn't matter what kind of jewels they had on, didn't matter what kind of robe they wore, didn't matter how pretty they looked or how great they were or thought they were, they'd never healed anyone. True prayer and waiting on God will give you clout in heaven. I want clout in heaven. All right, I'm gonna have to take my coat off because I'm about ready to preach here. Yeah, their arrest created a crisis. The early disciples' mindset was clearly different from our our missionaries and and Christians in general today. These early disciples they thought differently. What I mean by that is they looked at this as an opportunity, not a setback. (laughs) All this men was a different audience. For the same message, put me out here, put me in prison, I'm still preaching Jesus. You can't shut me up. You may put me in a different place, but I'm going to keep talking about Jesus wherever you put me. They had a different mindset. I wonder if we have that same mindset, same kind of fortitude with our message. Look at what Peter says. This will blow your mind. This is what Peter said. Now I remind you, he is called on the carpet before the high priest and his council. These weren't little guys. They were respected, highly respected, religious men of God who could exercise a judgment on these guys and put them away and here's what peter says when he's called on the carpet here it is from the word of god acts 4 8 through 10 then peter (laughs) look at that third word then peter filled you see it So he wasn't just talking his own talk, his own language, his own way. No, the word of God had truly come to pass. I'll give you what you need to say when you get called in to say it. Filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of our people. Ah, Man, Peter, he's about to get himself. He said, he figured I'm in this far. I might as well go all the way. I'm in this deep already, might as well go all the way. And so here's what he says. Are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? I mean, do you want to know that, guys? That's not the question they asked him as such. They asked him them to stop. Preaching that Jesus was resurrected. That's what they were telling them. They were good with the fact that they heal, healed the guy. The problem was now this high priest, a Sadducee, was having a problem with the fact that Jesus was resurrected. Look at what Peter says though. You want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state. Are you? hearing the sound coming out of my lips, Mr. High Priest, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. In case there's another Jesus, this is Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like he's saying, I ain't backing, backing off my message, brother. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one that did it. I didn't do it because I have power. I did it because I'm Jesus's, I'm a conduit for the work of Jesus. Once arrested, the other disciples, though, they start to pray. It's what we do when we get in trouble. Any of you ever prayed when you were in trouble? Come on, everybody, raise your hand, say yes. If you ain't ever been in trouble, then you ain't lived. But here's what I want you to remember and why I bring it up at this point. If you've lost your courage in the face of the opposition, remember what the Word of God says. It says, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Maybe God's never used you to heal somebody or bring somebody out of the brink of darkness or bring them back from depression or pain or heal their bodies because you're ashamed. You're afraid. Is God going to really show up for me if I pray over this person in the grocery store? I'm not even in church. Look at what the Word says. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will. You hear it? I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. God will hear those prayers. Holy Spirit's in you. He's gifted you so you can do his work. That was the whole point of him being poured out. So, um, so I'm sure the people were still, were, they were there praying for Peter and John. All right, trouble has started, guys. Let's get back in that room and pray. But look what happens. Upon their release, they immediately gather for prayer. It's in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Upon their release, this is what the Scripture says. I ain't making this stuff up. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. All of them. Immediately. Get out of this problem spot. They don't go around saying, woo-hoo, parading the, the man who had been healed. They're not doing that. That's not what they're doing. They didn't get a committee together and think about, well, look, what is our strategy going to be? We need to develop a strategy on how to share this good news and how God had healed this crippled man. And we gotta have, we gotta have a platform now. I got a PowerPoint presentation that I gotta give here on how that we're gonna tell everybody this happened? No! As soon as they heard their threats, as soon as they're freed, back in the place praying. Crisis demands action. What is the action they took? Shout it out. prayer. Prayer. That's the action. Note, by the way, You listen to the prayer. You can read the whole thing there in the end of Acts chapter 4. They did not pray that the threats would stop. That's not what they prayed. They did not pray, God, make their threats stop. Keep us free, Jesus. You know what they prayed? Give us more boldness to preach Your word. That's their prayer. They're not praying, God, give me a greater platform. I want to do more for you. No, they pray, give me more boldness to keep preaching in the face of them telling me I cannot talk about you, that I will talk about you. Not only I will talk about you, but I'll tell people you were resurrected. So just wait, just pray, and pray for more bonus in preaching and more miraculous healings to take place. Just wait, just pray, and here's the final just, just do. comes a point at which you've got to stop the waiting and stop the praying and start the doing. Start acting on the Word of God that He's given you. If you don't act on what God's already given you, He's not going to give you something else to do. That's how it works. If you don't act out in faith in the little thing God's given you, He's not going to give you a big thing to leap off into. Some of you want a platform where you got got 100 people to talk to about Jesus. He's asking you, will you talk to your neighbor? Amen. One. I don't know what makes you think you can get up in front of a crowd of 100 people when you can't talk to one. Look at Acts 4.31 now. You see what happens when they prayed. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. and They were all, there it is again. Thank you, Jesus. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to me when I say this, church. This is the same group of people who were filled in Acts chapter 2, the place, the wind, the fire, and hear it again. They were all filled. It should say they were filled once again with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. It's easy to miss something here in this passage. It's real easy to miss this. Because the only people we're hearing about, the only people you're seeing in that moment that went on and did some good preaching, the only ones that recorded preaching are people like Peter. But that's not what they were limited to, and I want you to catch this from the Word of God. Then they preach the Word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're they. it wasn't just peter because listen to me think about this I, I, i'm i i know i got to get logical even on a sunday morning you're going to talk logic pastor you've got to look at the word of god for all that it says you've got to decipher what's there and i'm going to help you this morning see something that you probably have never seen it's from this passage of scripture how could Peter and John be any more bold in preaching than standing before the very people that could lock them up and put them away saying the very thing that disturbed them the most. They did not need more boldness. Who needed more boldness? A hundred and 18 people apparently needed more boldness to preach because two of them were covered when they were with these Sadducee priests. So that's why I say you're the they. You need to pray God gives you more boldness. You know how to wait. You may know how to pray. I mean, really wait and pray. You may have learned a little something about that, but do you have enough boldness to do? But that's what transformed him. Just waiting on God, I want you to understand, is an action point. Because it requires faith in the one on whom you're waiting. And they were waiting out of obedience because God said, Jesus himself said, go, wait. He said, wait. Let me rephrase that. He didn't say go, he just said wait until you have received, until you've been filled before you go. This period of waiting was preparation for going and the doing, if you will. It was preparation time for the going and the doing. Waiting was important. Waiting is important. It's the willingness to wait in the presence of God, crying out to God, seeking the face of God that gives you the power to go and do. So before you go and do, you need to wait. And as you're waiting, just praying is also an action point. So I'm praying And I'm waiting. Because it requires faith in the one to whom you are praying in order to have the confidence to go forward and do what he wants you to do. So pray. Wait and pray. This isn't the only time they prayed. They were in constant state of prayer and communion with God. The incident with this lame man took place just a few days after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out on all 120. And that was a big splash, folks. you got to understand something. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on that day, all the people of the town knew something was up. Amen. That's what the Word says. There was such a noise and a wind and such. They, you have, think about that for a minute. Obviously, I've given the testimony, I did yesterday because I taught uh, uh, in Pindale School of Ministry, which we have here at the church. If you want to grow and you want to gain some experience and knowledge and understanding of the Word of God, join us in the Pindale School of Ministry. And yesterday I was telling some of the people, you may not have ever heard this, but I've been in a church, I pastored a church where it happened. It didn't happen in my time pastoring, I want you to understand that. But I've been in two different churches actually where this has happened. Two different churches where they tell me historically the fire department was called out to put out a fire on the church, but the church wasn't on fire. Come on now. God's still doing the miraculous, and it'll seem weird to you. But I'm telling you, this was a testimony that I've had at a church in Florida, but it happened in Forty Fort, or Kingston was where the church was. It was an Assembly of God church that historically, the fire department was called out by neighbors who thought the church was on fire. Visible sign. Flames coming off the top of the building, but... We're ready. and I don't see something's up. All the people are still inside shouting and praising God. Don't they need to know they need to run? Oh, this is the kind of fire I want to be in the middle of it. They were willing to pray. And seek the face of God till the fire from heaven fell. They were only a few days from that moment when God showed up in this miraculous and amazing way. And I'm telling you about two churches just here in America, but it's happened all over the world. You see what they were doing as they were walking in the example Jesus himself had left them, uh, was still fresh in their minds. He, he, he said for them to watch and to pray. And they were doing it. They saw Jesus do it. And they were just doing what Jesus did. You want to have the results Jesus had? Do what Jesus did. Woo! <laughs> if you aren't having results like Jesus had, maybe you're not doing what Jesus did. I know that's so plain and practical, practical but you're, you you got to get it. Let me go to the close here just do. I've told you to just wait. I've told you you've got to pray and now you got to do. They were desperate enough to do something they hadn't done before Pentecost. You know those disciples, they couldn't watch and wait with Jesus for an hour. What are we talking about 10 days now? You still with me? Yeah. Come on, say that's the word, Preacher. They could not wait an hour with him before Pentecost. Here they are after Pentecost or waiting up to Pentecost 10 days. 10 days. That's doing something different, isn't it? I think they could, you could successfully say they were desperate. Guess we better listen to Jesus this time. No more business as usual. The times called for desperate action calls for desperate action. Some of you are in the middle of a desperate situation right now in your own lives. You're in the middle of the mess, looking for God to give you a way out. He's your way out. He is your way out. Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to do this? on a level of desperation because you're tired of the same old stuff in your life. But you want to see a change. Stand to your feet with me, please. Before we go, and you go to your celebrations and Super Bowl gatherings at houses and friends and neighbors. I want to ask you a question today. I know I already did this, but I got to do it again because Holy Spirit is prompting me to do so. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. You're here still, and you haven't made things right with the Lord. I don't want you to walk out of here today with a question mark in a place you should put an exclamation point you still are not sure if you were to die in this moment let me put it to you in a morbid way i know this is difficult but somebody sometimes got to hold you accountable somebody's got to say something to you like this (laughs) is it possible that you're here right now in this moment heads are bowed eyes are closed and and it's And the flowers that will don your own grave are in bloom right now. And if that's the case, are you absolutely certain Jesus would take you with Him if you were to die? He'd say, welcome, my child. And if you have a question mark and you want to remove that question mark, even now, lift your hand right where you're at. Come on, God bless you. God bless you. You want to remove the question mark. All right, I'm not going to play games now. You raised your hand. You've been in business with God. You want to make the difference. I've talked to you about desperation. Are you desperate enough to get out of your seat and come down to this altar so I can pray with you if you raised your hand? Are you desperate enough to do that? Bless you both. I know you stood up and you prayed, but we're going to do this again, and you're both walking out of here knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, walking out of here with peace in your heart, that you've been forgiven of sins, and you're good with God. It changes now in this moment. So pray this prayer with me today. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life, you shed your blood, so I could be free and not carry my sin. I thank you, Jesus, that you burst out of that grave, proved your power, Over death and hell. You exchange my sin. My filth. For your righteousness. At this moment. I commit my life. To you Jesus. I'm yours. Thank you. Amen. Wait here one moment. See that nice-looking couple, couple right over there? Would you please just go with them for just a couple of moments? They're going to take you right through that door and wait in that area over there. Just talk to you a little bit about what you need to do next because it's one thing to give your heart to the Lord, come here on one service and everything feel good today, but you've got to walk this out. It's like we gave you the 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 light for the pathway, but you got to stay on the pathway. You got to make some choices. So talk to them right now. Would you take them Right over there. God bless you. Hallelujah. Now, now, let them go. Let them do what they need to do because I wasn't just talking to them about salvation today. I was talking to a ton of you today about your own courage and your willingness to wait on the Lord, to pray and seek His face, and then the go and to do because it wasn't enough that Peter and John had the filling of the Holy Ghost. They had to act based on what the Holy Ghost had done. Peter was ashamed and turned his back on Jesus before he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Once he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he didn't care who he talked to. He was willing to go all the way if it cost him his life. He would share Jesus. And I want some more people that have that same kind of boldness and willingness to go with Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes on this. I'm going to ask you to be real with us because you're already real with the Lord. He knows your heart. But I want to know, I want everybody that's a believer listening to me right now. Listen to the sound of my voice. Listen. The Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. And I want you to be straight with me today. Every single one of you that think now you don't think you know you need more boldness to share Jesus shoot that hand up right now shoot it up shoot it up don't you wait on somebody else this ain't contingent upon somebody else you ain't worrying about what somebody else thinks right now now God you see their hands just like those disciples prayed in Acts chapter 4 that they said you see their threats Lord give us more boldness to preach your word to talk you up and, and also to know that miraculous signs will follow those who believe you and take you at your word god give us all more boldness to speak your word fill us up till we have so much god we can't shut up about you we can't we won't we won't shut up about you we'll brag about you everywhere we go at every opportunity that we have we'll be talking you up jesus Give us that in the powerful, powerful, powerful name of Jesus. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website www.centralfamily.net or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here in taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.